We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Microsoft Teams is helping a bicycle company reinvent the way that they work. We make low-maintenance bicycles for everyday riders. Once the pandemic hit, we had nobody coming into the showroom. So we started doing virtual visits via Microsoft Teams. We're able to see two or threefold the amount of customers we used to be able to see. All of a sudden, we could open up our showroom to customers around the world. I really think it's going to set a standard for retail moving forward. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash Teams. Wire Daily Fantasy Sports Podcast, sponsored by FanDuel, who'd like to remind you to be sports rich. I'm Jake Letarski, joined today by Chris Benzine for the Monday quarterback edition of the DFS Podcast. If you're out there on Twitter, you can give Chris a follow at crispy272002, or you follow uh, me at jakeski52. I'll tweet out all of Chris's uh, hot Sunday morning takes anyway, regardless here. But Chris... Week five here saw you fall from number one to number three in the Rotowire FanDuel Expert Challenge. Of course, still way ahead of me, so I can't really talk a whole lot here. What was the demise of your week five lineup that I believe scored about 120 points? Yeah, I mean, Tom Brady was a good portion of that lineup, so mm-hmm. he was uh, was a guy that I was piping last week, and it oh, did yeah. work out. The quarterback pick did work out as mm-hmm. planned. But uh, I guess Terrence West would probably be the big one of the downfalls. Zach mm-hmm. Ertz is another one. I did like some of those yeah. Eagles offense. I think a lot of people were in on that. Uh, in the Rotowire Expert Contest, over 40% picked Zach Ertz mm-hmm. in that contest and really didn't do much. So he was those two probably combined yeah. were a big, uh, a big letdown for that team. Exactly. Were you like me, Chris? Did you fall into the DeAndre Washington trap, or did you, uh, did you fade what seemed to be the chalk play of the week? I actually ended up going Devontae Freeman as my other running back, and he did okay. I mm-hmm. figured Tevin Coleman with the sickle cell may not play much, yep. but he played plenty too. So both, yeah. 
both running backs are still doing fine every week somehow. They yeah, both Coleman, yeah, Coleman played well enough to lead the Falcons in receiving, had over 130 yards, whereas Julio Jones limited to just two catches there. Fortunately, not paying up for Julio Jones. I think both of us faded a little bit, given the fact that he'd be up uh, against Aqib Tlaib here. So that's the story for uh, week five. Of course, you can always... Um, you can always uh, check out those sites, or those standings on the daily portion of the rotowire.com website. See how all our experts pinned up against each other are doing on a week-to-week basis here. Let's move on to the Monday-Thursday slate, Chris. We've got a lot going on here on FanDuel. Two, two games here, of course. It's a short slate, as usual. However, we've got uh, tonight's Monday night game is the Buccaneers at Carolina. Carolina, even without Cam Newton, first and foremost, Cam Newton is out with a concussion. It will be Derek Anderson starting this game. And even without Cam Newton, Carolina are minus five and a half home favorites at this game. The over-under is 45.5. Moving ahead to the Thursday game, we've got the Broncos, who are three-point road favorites at San Diego, the over-under on that game is 46, so they're almost identical. I just grabbed tonight's over-under from ESPN. I grabbed next week's data from footballlocks.com in case anyone wants to check me on that. But Denver has themselves a, a quarterback situation as well. We had Paxton Lynch start this week, uh, very limited success. It looks like they're going to go back to Trevor Simeon uh, next week here for that Thursday night game, even with it being a short turnaround here. So Cam Newton, 9,300, he's the top guy. He's out here. Does that automatically make you go to Derek Anderson, Chris, considering that he is priced at just $5,000? I don't know if you'd automatically go to Derek Anderson just because of the, like, as we mentioned generally on these Monday-Thursday slates, even if you, I think it's basically a pick for the most part mm-hmm. because you're able to get a majority of these top guys in. Obviously, Derek Anderson would allow you to basically pick top guys everywhere else. Mm-hmm. It just depends on if you think he can produce to the point, to the level necessary to win some of these. I could see him definitely being an option, but uh, I wouldn't necessarily lock him in as my starter mm-hmm. for for this week. Uh, Monday, Thursday, I do I do see a case for Simeon, assuming he plays more. Maybe in, I, it may be a little bit risky in in a cash game to go with him, just in case there's a chance he sits out. But in GPPs, I definitely mm-hmm. see uh, a Simeon case given the Verrett is out, I believe, for the the Chargers for the season. Yep. And and Brandon Flowers was inactive on Sunday, yeah, so the so, San Diego secondary very beat up. Yeah, and you have a lot. You have multiple good weapons there with Emmanuel Sanders and uh, and Demarius Thomas. Both of those two, uh, possibly Virgil Green, and you. I, I just like really like that offense with Simeon in it mm-hmm. enough. He's not uh, a guy that's going to light up the scoreboard generally, but this is a team um, playing against the Chargers who can who have scored a lot of points this year. Still, it is Denver's defense, so you may have to worry about that. But I think Rivers could keep him in the game enough. Where at where they can't eliminate the pass game and Simeon could put up a fair number of points against that San Diego defense. So I could see Simeon being an option at seventy six hundred on mm-hmm. the Monday Thursday slate, even though he is the second highest priced. And I and I also don't want to throw out Jameis Winston because I'm not mm-hmm. completely sold on the Carolina defense. And past like last season, they were a dominant defense, but they've they've cracked a little bit this year mm-hmm. to the point where I wouldn't throw Jameis Winston out of there. So. I am probably leaning towards maybe even maybe either Simeon or Winston in this in the Monday Thursday slate, mm-hmm. but uh, I I mean as you mentioned at five thousand it, it might be Derek Anderson you definitely can't 
mm-hmm. discount either. Yeah, Derek Anderson's my choice, and I'll just kind of run down why. Phillip Rivers, I'm going to fade against Denver. I think you can fade most quarterbacks against Denver. Trevor Simeon, 7,600. There could be decent value there, but I again, there's that injury thing, and I think I, I'm going to try to avoid that a little bit just in case he's not at 100%. Chances are he'll play, but if you have to lock in your lineup before tonight, I'm not sure I'm ready to make that commitment yet. Jameis Winston becomes in play at 7,400 because, like you mentioned, Chris, uh, the Carolina Panthers secondary minus Josh Norman and a few other key pieces there aren't quite what they used to be. Derek Anderson, though, when he's 5,000, that's minimum quarterback price. I think you have to go with him because that essentially allows you to use, say if you want to use both top-tier running backs, that's a possibility here. The two highest-priced running backs on the Monday-Thursday slate are C.J. Anderson and Melvin Gordon, 8000 and 7700 respectively. Then when we go down the list here, the gap between those two and the next feasible back is quite wide because you've got Charles Sims, 6300 He's doubtful with a knee injury. Doug Martin, 6200 He's doubtful with a hamstring injury. John Stewart, 6200 He's out with a hamstring injury. So then we're looking at backs in the fifty-one to sixty-one hundred dollar range beyond Anderson and Gordon. One being Fozzie Whitaker, sixty-one hundred. Cameron Artis Payne checks in at fifty-eight hundred. Jacquez Rogers, fifty-seven hundred, and then Devonte Booker, fifty-one hundred. Is this a case where you want to use the top two backs, Chris, or do you see anybody else in that really third, fourth tier of backs that you would be tempted to use? I, I do like C.J. Anderson. This, I, even though the Chargers' defense has actually been pretty decent against the run this year. But uh, I wouldn't be sold necessarily on Melvin Gordon in this game mm-hmm. just because I know as much as of a Wisconsin fan as I am with Melvin Gordon, he really has been, if you look at his takeaway, his touchdowns from this year, he's really been almost a touchdown dependent in terms of being a fantasy uh, mm-hmm. effective in fantasy. So you would have to count almost count on that against a Denver defense as them scoring him scoring a touchdown in that game, I wouldn't necessarily be sold on that, especially at 7,700. Whereas I could see an option of going down to Jaquiz Rogers if the if uh, both Charles Sims, who's expected to be out, and Doug Martin is out. So because uh, the coach Dirk Cotter uh, said that he was willing to give handle let um, Jaquiz Rogers handle a significant number of snaps in the contest probably would be more of a lead back heavy back and I could see him just based on having a good workload being worth that value at just 5700 on the week and that allows you to if you want to go up on the quarterback board as you mentioned it allows you to do that along with other positions as well mm-hmm. yeah absolutely yeah and and I agree with what you said about Gordon being a little touchdown dependent the Broncos have allowed six touchdowns on the ground this year though so that kind of puts them right in the middle of the pack the Detroit Lions is the only team to not allow a rushing touchdown this year. Just a random stat for our listeners out there. But, I mean, I think there's a, a decent drop-off there that you at least have to consider, Gordon. Anderson gets slated in there for sure, I think, number one, especially if Simeon's back. They go back to Anderson heavy despite a really lackluster week five performance here. I mean, I could see in the initial lineup that I put in, I had Fozzie Whitaker at 6,100. I think there's a decent chance that he gets a lot of check-down action. With Derek Anderson at the helm, I mean, he was, I think he ended up with nine receptions last yep. week. So Nine targets, nine receptions. Yeah. So that's a pretty good uh, catch rate. And, of course, FanDuel's only a half-point PPR. Yep. But I think Fozzie Whitaker gives you a little bit more of a safer floor than Jacquez Rogers. I picked up and started Jacquez Rogers 
in a season-long league where I had Mark Ingram on a bye and Rashad Jennings hurt. So I'm hoping for some production out of Rodgers, but I'm not banking on it. I do have a couple shares of Whitaker going tonight. So I think if you use Whitaker with C.J. Anderson, that gives you the chance then to use all top three wide receivers, Chris. And we'll talk about that if that's a good move uh, for this type of slate. Mike Evans, 7,900. Demarius Thomas, 7,700. Kelvin Benjamin, 7,500. And then I think throwing himself into consideration is Emmanuel Sanders at 7,100. And then after that, I think there's a pretty decent drop-off. Travis Benjamin, 6,500. So is Tyrell Williams. Dontrell Inman is 6,100. And you got Ted Ginn, 57. Devin Funch is 5,200. Humphreys, 5,100 for the Bucks, And Vincent Jackson, 5,000. Are you sticking to the top part of the slate, Chris? I definitely see the case for doing that. I mean, I like Mike Evans. I like at least one of the two Denver receivers. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you want to go with both of them. You obviously don't mm-hmm. probably want to stack both Denver receivers in that game, mm-hmm. but definitely choose. You could choose one of those two. And Benjamin's an option uh, up there as well. I seventy five hundred. He's had he had a down week, and it, with Derek Anderson in a quarterback, it may be a little scarier to to go with him. But I still wouldn't discount him as an option. Mm-hmm. And obviously, when you look down the slate, may not want to go with some of those. Even though Tyrell Williams had a big week last week, Inman had a big week the week before, there's a chance one of them does well. But with that Denver secondary, it is is tough to go against, especially with Chris Harris Jr. probably going to go on Inman. And you'll have Tyrell Williams probably going with Aqib Tlaib a lot, you'd Mm -hmm. think. Yeah, the only case I can see being made for any receiver 6,500 or less is if you really want to use both C.J. Anderson and Melvin Gordon then you'll have to use cut at one of those receivers here. But I think Mike Evans leads the league in targets or led the league in targets heading into week five here. I think he's a lock in your lineup. I think you got to use Kelvin Benjamin too, especially this, uh, I mean, this this Tampa Bay defense is given given up, uh, I think they're in the top five in terms of fantasy points allowed to opposing quarterbacks. So there's there's opportunity there. And then I think you got to pick Demarius or Emmanuel Sanders. If it were Paxton Lynch at the helm, I think Sanders gets the edge there. However, I think you need to go back to Demarius Thomas here for this week with Simeon expected to be back. What about tight end, though, Chris? You're gonna, if you make one sacrifice here, you have a chance to use Greg Olson at 8,000. The only other ones I'd even consider would be Gates at 5,700, Cameron Braid at 5,400, and Hunter Henry at 5,400. Gates and Henry each catching a touchdown in week five here. Are you playing into that game, or are you just kind of sticking to Greg Olson? I think I'd prefer to get Greg Olson into the lineup if that's an option. Mm-hmm. I, if I can afford to do that, if you really want to go with the higher other positions, I do. I've seen a lot of Hunter Henry, like like what I've seen from him so far. Mm-hmm. But the question is, how much will Gates? I know Gates was back last week, mm-hmm. but how much will Gates? You know, getting more involved in the offense eat into Hunter Henry. I'm assuming they'll probably run a lot of two tight end sets because of what they like, what they've seen, just like from the rookies this week. Yes, so uh, there's definitely still some opportunity there, and you could go. You know, a little that might be a little contrarian, and might be something that uh, mm-hmm. might get you in a GPP pool that uh, may not have a ton of ownership because of the Denver defense name. But, uh, yeah, I could definitely see either of those two. And I'm not 100% sold on Cameron Brait thus far, but he has had a couple of decent games. He's had 18 targets the last two weeks. But he's going against a, a defense that is pretty good against uh, the pass this year. Just a question of will he produce enough to be worth it. I, I think I'd prefer maybe Hunter Henry over him at the 5400 price tag. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, if I can afford it, I'm, I'm going to go Greg Olson on that slate for sure. Yeah. 
Yeah, the thing that's attractive about Cameron Brait is in his best game so far this season, week three, he had five red zone targets, and that's a, a stat that can't be ignored. In fact, uh, he, 10 of his total targets, half of them were in the red zone. So that was uh, excellent news for any Cameron Brait owners. Of course, Cameron Brait owners didn't really exist at that time. That was before the release of Austin Safari and Jenkins here. But but anyway, yeah, I think I got to go Olsen. Uh, side note here, Chris, I got to make 50 points up in a full PPR from Jameis Winston, Mike Evans, and Greg Olson, what do you think my odds are? I'd say they're decent odds. You really obviously are counting on the Winston to Evans connection, but that's something that, as we've discussed already, I'm not scared of. Mm-hmm. I feel like Evans is going to get target plenty. I think he can reach the end zone a couple of times. There's a chance. It's just uh, is Derek Anderson going to be able to hit Greg Olson mm-hmm. in this game? And I yep. think you can do that, but it, it, it might be close. But mm-hmm. uh, I would say it'd be pretty close. I'd say, like, Maybe fifty fifty. Yeah, it's going to be pretty there. much a coin toss here. But anyway, back yeah, back to the Monday Thursday slate. I think my favorite stack that I'm using when I put my lineups together is going to be Derek Anderson, Greg Olson, Fozzie Whitaker, and Calvin Benjamin, just because of the way this Tampa Bay pass defense here has been treating opposition thus far. Kicker defense always a little bit of a crapshoot here. I think you go Ganoa McManus. Uh, also, I think you got to go Denver Carolina. Pick the team that is favored in general for your best bet if your salary can afford it here. Let's talk about the week six slate here. Chris, we've got a full, uh, a big time week coming up here for quarterbacks. On a bye in week six, we have Minnesota, so Sam Bradford will be out of consideration. Also, as if you were going to really use him in DFS anyway. Also, Tampa Bay on a bye, so Jameis Winston will be out of consideration. And all my Mike Evans shares, I'm going to be scrambling for a replacement this week. But that's a side note. We're going to talk about the quarterbacks specifically. Let's start off by looking at the week six quarterbacks that are 8,500 and up. Really, there's only one quarterback that's 9,000 or more this week, and that's Tom Brady at an even 9,000. He has the Bengals at home. Is it fair to justify him by putting him in a tier of his own, and are you considering buying into it for this upcoming week? I mean, I think it's fair to buy into it given his first game back four weeks away, didn't even participate in any team activities or wasn't able to contact the team, comes back and throws for 400 yards and three touchdowns in that game. I mean, you almost expected it, as we mentioned, given the 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 revenge he kind of wanted on mm-hmm. almost on the NFL. And the Browns are the perfect team to yes, get revenge and on. and definitely that is the case. So it is a little bit of a, an upswing with Cincinnati's defense this week, but I believe they gave up 28 points last week in their game against... Um, Twenty the Cowboys, I believe, but yeah. but that was more Ezekiel Elliott that went off against mm-hmm. them. So it's a question of, I I, I don't know if uh, on a week to week basis Brady is definitely among the top tier every mm-hmm. every week. I for, think he'll be a top a five reason. quarterback rest of the season. Yes, for sure. Even at thirty nine years old, I think his rest of season outlook looks good. If yeah. you drafted him in in season long leagues, you're looking good right now. Yeah, it isn't even just that. It, it, I mean, the age. Is he isn't the guy that relies on his wheels at all? He obviously he's not a guy that scrambles, and he's in a Bill Belichick system that definitely helps. He's going to play every, to his strong yes. suit, so that's uh, I think he'll be fine the rest of the way, and I could see him doing well in this. I just uh, given the maybe if Cam Newton comes back, going next tier down, mm-hmm. I think I may at eighty nine hundred only a hundred less. I think I may like him a little bit more against the New Orleans defense this week. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately. Um, for Tom Brady, I like him, but uh, mm-hmm. I don't yeah, I know mean, if I'm paying 9000 for yeah. him. I think I agree with you, Chris. Let's take a quick overview of this Tier 2 here. Cam Newton, 8900 at New Orleans. Aaron Rodgers, 8800 home against Dallas. 
Big Ben Roethlisberger, 8,700 at Miami, who surrendered that huge game to Marcus Mariota in Week 5. Andrew Luck, 5,600. I'm sorry, 8,600 at Houston. Drew Brees, 8,500 home against Carolina. That's pretty much the tier. But to me, I think it comes down to Cam Newton, who should be cleared from his concussion protocol. Of course, tonight for the Monday-Thursday slate, don't play Cam Newton. He's been ruled out, obviously. Yep. It's Derek yep. Anderson. But I think by the time next week rolls around with the uh, – with the, uh, I don't know, with the game being ready to go on Sunday, I think that uh, Cam Newton automatically, uh, I would agree with you, I think he becomes the top play because when you throw Brady against the Bengals or Newton for $100 cheaper against the Saints in a dome, I, I, the, the Panthers need this game for their division here, and I think they're going to come up big in that game in New Orleans. I would agree with you. Definitely, that's the, that's the one probably my top play in the tier. I also wouldn't discount Big Ben at 8,700. He's been lighting it up recently, and he's finally found a connection for a deep ball, Sammy Coates, that also helps Antonio Brown a little bit. And they, I, I just see that offense clicking really well. And as you mentioned, Miami's defense surrendered a lot of points to Marcus Mariota last week, who had been pretty bad before that. So I could see a, a case for Big Ben as well. But as you mentioned, I, I think we both really like Cam Newton at the top of the the board mm-hmm. this week against that New Orleans defense that has been really, really bad this season. Yep, exactly. Only two quarterbacks checking in at the 8,800 range. That's Russell Wilson, who's 8,400, home against Atlanta. And then you have Matthew Stafford at an even 8,000 home against the uh, Los Angeles Rams here. Any appeal with those guys? Or if you're trying to save money, you jumping down to the next tier. I could see a case for Russell Wilson. He did have 309 yards and three touchdowns last week. He's he's probably he's pretty uh, fresh coming off mm-hmm. the bye. And I, I Atlanta's defense, really, they give up a lot of points on a weekly basis. Generally, you look at Atlanta's stats this season, and they've given up a lot of yards through the air, 290.2 yards through the air this season per game. And that includes the Paxton Lynch game last week, which was he didn't really look prepared or ready to – didn't look yeah, too not good yet. in that game. And that's – so you throw that game in there and that's included, that was that definitely drops it a little bit. So that defense is actually probably worse than what it looks like. And they've given up 14 touchdowns to just five interceptions, over 100 quarterback rating on the year. So I could see a, a case for Russell Wilson at 8,400. And I, I like that matchup. I'm mm-hmm. I'm I'm not going to be opposed to it. It is definitely it's not much of a difference from Big Ben, so it may not be enough to justify it from Big Ben and yeah, three hundred dollars. Yeah, three hundred difference in there and five hundred from Cam Newton. So it's a question of whether it's going to be enough to warrant this this the mm-hmm. small drop. But I guess if you if you really want some other guy other pieces in your lineup and Wilson fits in, but you can't get up to those other ones, I could see Wilson mm-hmm. being an option and in, in daily this week. Yeah, I like how you brought up the bye week because he is banged up. He's got knee and ankle injuries, but that didn't stop him from a stellar fantasy performance in week four. Then you give him a full day to rest those or a full week basically to rest those ailments. I think you can come up with a uh, with a big week six game here. I think it just depends on how the rest of your lineup shakes out here. That's why you got to tune into the Rotowire DFS podcast for the rest of the week for position by position breakdowns. Fantasy football fans have all the victory every Sunday. FanDuel offers fantasy football for everyday fans. New contests starting every week means no busted seasons. Just pick a contest, choose your team, and watch your score real time. New this year for an upgraded experience, you can get even more contest variety. Try beginner contests for new players only, settle a score with a friend in a head-to-head contest, or try a 50-50 contest where the top half wins 
cash. You can play in larger tournaments for even more excitement and play for just a buck. There's choices for every budget. Chris, this week on FanDuel, I was all in on Odell Beckham. He got the touchdown to save me. But from a fantasy standpoint, even in full PPR formats, of course, FanDuel just a half-point PPR, it was only 16 fantasy points. So he was targeted 12 times, a little bit lackluster. Were you in big on Beckham this week, or were you like a lot of people taking a wait-and-see approach? I was big into Beckham this week, and that's Mm -hmm. part of the reason. He was another player I had in my lineup for the Rotowire Expert Contest that probably wasn't worth the salary I was paying for him. So I, I just, with Sam Shields and we found out Demarius Randall both missing that game. Mm-hmm. It looked like he should be in for a huge game, and it just didn't work out that way. He was, as you mentioned, he was targeted a lot, and that's probably still going to be the case moving forward, but it just didn't end up producing to the level that you were hoping for, especially at that price tag he was at last week. Yeah, absolutely, Chris. Well, despite a, a little bit of a rough week, Chris and I are still having all the fantasy that football has to offer over at FanDuel, who'd like to remind you to be sports rich here. Let's go to the third tier of quarterbacks, Chris. Uh, the seventy-five to seventy-nine hundred range here. There's a handful of names that are interesting. I think some of the most intriguing GPP plays, especially, come from this tier. Starting off with Derek Carr, seventy-nine hundred home against the Chiefs. Blake Bortles, seventy-eight hundred at Chicago. Tyrod Taylor, seventy-eight hundred versus San Francisco. Eli Manning looking to bounce back from a really dreadful Sunday night performance. He's seventy-seven hundred. Gets to go home actually to play the Ravens. Carson Palmer, still in kind of concussion protocol, so watch out for that. 7,700 home against the Jets. Then you got Marcus Mariota, 7,600 home against the Browns. And Phillip Rivers, 7,600 against the Denver Broncos here. What do you like in this tier, if anything? Any of those options stand out to you? Yeah, there are definitely a few options in this tier that you got to like. One of them being, I would say, Blake Bortles at 7,800 at Chicago. Mm-hmm. On a weekly basis, I mean, teams do light up that Chicago secondary and Bortles has been pretty good recently. He had me, I believe they were coming just off the bye week last yep. week. If I'm so, not, cause yes. they played in, they played in London in week four. Yep. So they were awarded the bye week. For some reason the Colts didn't want a bye week. They won theirs later, but the, but the Jags did. So they're going to get a bye week an extra week to prepare for the Chicago bears. Yeah. So he, he did only throw for 207 yards against the, the Colts, but he did throw for two touchdowns and he rushed for 36 yards and a touchdown that game. He's put up 20 points multiple times this season already. And out of four weeks, he's put up 20 twice and you're getting him at 7,800 against the bears defense. That's been pretty lackluster for the most part. Uh, I definitely would be willing to go with him. And then also looking down the list a little bit more at only a hundred less. Actually, I, I do if Carson Palmer comes out of that protocol, I really like Carson Palmer this week. Mm-hmm. The The Jets' defense, Darrell Revis, doesn't seem to be the same Darrell Revis that he has been in the past, so that you don't really have that Revis island you had in the past. They've given up 302 yards passing per game this season, uh, 118.6 quarterback rating against, and 12 touchdowns is just two interceptions. So mm-hmm. you look at that defense, it's not really a, a pass friendly it's, it's it is a pass friendly defense at this point i would say like it's 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 something that you don't have to avoid as as much as you may have had to in the past when you had a rebus back there and palmer has a lot of weapons to go to mm-hmm. in the past game so yeah. i i really like palmer his and the the latest news on him from what i saw is that he's according to the general manager he's feeling great by all indications obviously that doesn't mean too much mm-hmm. until he's actually cleared concussion protocol but assuming he does i really do like him this week 
Yeah, exactly. I'm glad you brought up Palmer, Chris, because the one and four Jets are one and four for a reason. They're getting beat deep over and over and over again. And it's not just on Darrell Revis. It's on some of the safeties and the rest of the secondary, too. But the Jets are a team that will get beat deep. As we saw, Sammy Coates, the deep threat, absolutely torched them. I think in a similar manner, if we get Carson Palmer back, which it looks like we will, I think uh, he's him and John Brown really going to be able to take the top off the defense. Of course, the Jets are going to try to address this, but you, c- you can only imagine they've been trying to address this the last few weeks, and it's been very limited success. You'll have Fitzgerald. He's always hungry. I'm sure Michael Floyd is looking for a bounce back after zero catches in week five. Just shaking my head at that one. But either way, I think the Jets' defense is going to be susceptible to letting Palmer have a big game. And Palmer wants to prove those doubters wrong as well. He's getting a lot of shade thrown his way, especially, uh, I mean, he's not getting protected very well sometimes, but I think uh, he needs to get this Cardinals team back on track, making him a good play. Also, Marcus Mariota had kind of a bounce back week. More than 30 fan duel points, I believe, in week in week five here against the Miami Dolphins on the road, I believe that was. So now he gets uh, the Cleveland Browns, who I think is another great matchup for him. Mariota, of course, bringing an extra dimension to the fantasy aspect of things because of his ability. He had 60 rushing yards here in week five and a rushing touchdown, several yards. He didn't, didn't rack up a ton of passing yards, but the dual threat absolutely made up for it, giving him a huge week here. Real quick, we'll kind of run down Tier 4, 7,100 to 7,500. Carson Wentz topping that Tier 7,500 at Washington. Joe Flacco, 7,500 at the Giants. Kirk Cousins, 7,400, home against the Eagles. Trevor Simeon, 7,300 at the Chargers. Dak Prescott, 7,200 at Lambeau Field facing the Packers. And Ryan Tannehill, another dreadful performance in Week 5 here. He's 7,100, getting the Steelers at home. Any of those options uh, stand out for you? Or if you're if you're if you're looking at this tier, do you want to just jump to the bottom for GPPs instead? I mean, I could see, as I mentioned, I could see a case for Trevor Simeon having a good week mm-hmm. with against that Chargers defense at seventy three hundred. That's a that's a pretty good price tag considering some of the others around him. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to go down to that tier, he's one of them I like. I could also see a case for Dak Prescott because while Ezekiel Elliott in the past few weeks has been able to run the ball a lot, they're the Packers defense is considered or has been the best in the league so far. Mm -hmm. So they may have to stray away from that a bit. And that would lead to a little more Dak Prescott action in that game. And as we mentioned already, the Packers defense has been beaten up. The secondary has been beaten up. And if we don't know for sure, if Sam Shields will be back for that game or what necessarily the case of uh, Marius Randall either. So I could see a case for him as well. Um, But I do think that there are a couple guys that maybe maybe a punt play that might be a little better option mm-hmm. than those on the week. But I, I do see a case for those two, I mm-hmm. guess, out of that tier. Yeah, I mean, if you're going with a $7,200 Dak, I think uh, that could be a decent GPP play if you're going to punt the position. Everyone kind of – I was big on Eli Manning this week, and he was pretty much shut down by the Packers' defense. But I think that was uh, more or less him missing throws and playing badly as well as the offensive line. Ezekiel Elliott is the main man in Dallas. We have that – pinned down but the Packers run defense historically good and that continued on Sunday night they're allowing two yards per carry even just one touchdown allowed on the ground this year and less than 43 yards per game here so Zeke Elliott is a matchup that you might want to be a little bit concerned about this week I wouldn't touch him anywhere in FanDuel where his price is going to be but at the same time I can only assume Rodgers will play better I wasn't really overly impressed with his performance and if that's the case we might have to see Dak Prescott playing a little catch up here and the the Giants, I'm sorry, the Cowboys 
hopefully if they're any more effective, I mean, the Giants were dreadful in the red zone on Sunday night. They settled for three field goals and prime scoring opportunities. And I think Dak, with the extra dimension on his legs that he, that he brings in, might be able to help them convert a few of those red zone opportunities. But watch the injury report for that Green Bay Packers secondary because that's uh, going to be the biggest factor as to whether or not I'm using Dak this week. If Sam Shields is back, that is a big deal for me. I think I, I might scale back. Uh, also, on the other side, maybe the Cowboys could be getting Des Bryant back. Yes, that's what I was going to mention. Is uh, You have to take into account if Des Bryant's back, that could even mm-hmm. up, up Dak Prescott's value even more if Des Bryant's back. He has been uh, connecting pretty well with Bryce Butler in, in Des's absence, but mm-hmm. having a receiver like Des Bryant certainly makes an offense generally go better. Than yeah, I'm, I'm going to actually have to force – I'm going to be forced to start Cole Beasley in season-long leagues because of the absence of Mike Evans, who is on that week six by – that's another conversation to have. Chris, you mentioned punt plays at a quarterback. If you're going to go into deep GPP, maybe your dollar lineup or, or just something kind of unique offshoot to cover your bases, is there any particular play that you're looking at this week? Yeah, I kind of see the case that you're going to make in a little bit, but uh, my possible GPP <laughs> tournament punt play of the week below all of these tiers that we've discussed would be uh, Brock Osweiler saying it's just 6,900 against the Colts. I mean, the Colts, de- the Colts defense basically makes mediocre quarterbacks look good, and I believe that's exactly what Osweiler's shown to be so far. He's been just a mediocre quarterback. But you look in Brian Hoyer last week, threw for nearly 400 yards against the Colts. So Hoyer is definitely not considered a better quarterback than Brock Osweiler, and the Bears don't necessarily don't have better target options in that offense or anything that you have look at you have deandre hopkins you have will fuller in that houston offense along with lamar miller so i i do like um brock osweiler there osweiler hasn't topped 20 points yet this season but he also hasn't thrown more than two touchdowns and i can see that being the case Mm -hmm. he's going against the colts defense allows 301 passing yards per game this season just one interception so far in four games and 100 about 105 quarterback rating against so there's a lot of factors that are working in, in Osweiler's favor for this game, and I could definitely see him providing plenty of value at just 6,900. Yeah, you know Andrew Luck and the Colts are going to be able to score a decent amount of points. Well, you would think this Rams defense might give Luck fits, if and, and it'll Houston. be tough. Yeah, I'm sorry, the Houston, Houston defense. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Houston defense, uh, even without J.J. Watt, I mean, Andrew Luck by far the most sacked quarterback in the league, so I'm a little bit worried about that aspect. But I think uh, – I think both teams will be able to score a decent amount of points, and I think it's a good buy-low opportunity on Osweiler. You're never going to see him with a worse stat line than he did against the Vikings on Sunday. Osweiler just 4.4 yards per attempt, 19 for 42 for 184 yards passing. I think we see a big improvement against Indianapolis, making him a pretty decent GPP play. The Colts allowing the eighth worst, uh, I'm sorry, the eighth most fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks. However, with my GPP pick, I'm going to go with the team and the player facing a Lions team that is allowing the second most fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks, and that is Case Keenum and the Rams, who will be heading to Detroit. They get to play in the Dome. Keenum, I'm willing to accept that he's not a very good quarterback, but he's got a decent fantasy matchup this week, and that's why you have to at least look at him when his price is as low as 6,500. There's a couple reasons for that. I think the chemistry with Kenny Britt continues to grow. Uh, Again, kind of a new uh, duo there that's starting to work out the kinks and get their timing down. I liked what I saw this most recent week with them getting Tavon Austin the ball, with him getting frequent targets because, I mean, 
you give the ball to Tavon Austin on a two-yard pass, hopefully to get him out in space that he can run. Keenum will still get credit for that touchdown pass, so you need to keep that in mind. And lastly, we saw Todd Gurley get targeted five times in the passing game. We're generally not thinking of Todd Gurley as a pass-catching running back, but if they can get another good, powerful athlete like that, the ball, out in the open field, I think that could be good things. And dump-off passes to Todd Gurley will count as touchdown passes on the stat sheet for Case Keenum. So at 6,500, if you get... 250 yards and two touchdowns that's hitting value at 6500 and I think he has a chance to outproduce that here so uh I I I like your Osweiler pick but I'm gonna go ahead and save another 400 and move down to Case Keenum you see where I'm coming from there Chris yeah I mean as you mentioned the Lions are the only team in the NFL that hasn't allowed a rushing touchdown this year and they but they have allowed 14 passing touchdowns so Mm -hmm. they're they're scoring touchdowns somehow and if Keenum's throwing, he's only thrown a max of, I believe, two passing touchdowns. Yes, two passing touchdowns this season. So if he can set even two passing touchdowns, uh, you, you, when you're going down to punt play quarterbacks, you're not getting good quarterbacks for the most part. I mean, you're you're just looking for someone that has a decent matchup, and that's what you're getting with Keenum. So at 6,500, I, I could definitely see a case for case. Yeah, Keenum a little bit better from an accuracy perspective this week, 21 for 31. Did not throw any touchdowns against the Bills through two picks. I, I could see him, again, I don't I don't think all that highly of him as a quarterback, but in a one-week snapshot, I think he's got a decent chance here this week. Well, that's going to wrap things up for the Rotowire Daily Fantasy Football Podcast. Before we sign off, we do have a special offer for new FanDuel users. Get a free six-month subscription with a $10 deposit on FanDuel, a six-month subscription to Rotowire, that is. Go to FanDuel.com slash Rotowire. Not only will you get the free subscription, you'll have that $10 available to play with on FanDuel. So that's over $40 in value. For just $10, go to FanDuel.com slash Rotowire. If you're already a FanDuel user and you still want to check out the Rotowire.com website, just go to Rotowire.com slash pod. That's Rotowire.com slash P-O-D. Hook you up with the free 10-day trial. No credit card required. No strings attached. Once again, thank you, Chris Benzine, for joining me today. You can follow him at crispy 272002 You can follow me, Jake Letarski, at jakeski52. John McCackney and I will be back tomorrow with the Rotowire Daily Fantasy Podcast talking about Week 6 running backs.